0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com pod five zero for 50% off.
1: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley High Performance Sofas and Recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at Ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
2: Hello. Hi. This is Eric.
3: This is Brittany.
2: And I'm excited to say... Welcome to For Covered Dirts.
3: Yes, welcome. We're, um, some things have changed.
2: Some some big things have changed. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's be real. Well, if you don't know, okay. Well, you don't know. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, this is actually the first episode that we have released, or excuse me, that we recorded. yeah. Since hitting iTunes new and noteworthy.
3: Yeah, this is the first one. We actually recorded the smudging parts. It was like almost like kind of prescient. You know what I mean? It was like ordained by the above. We recorded the smudging parts one and two on the same day because our conversation genuinely did run too long. And this is like, what? It was two days before we made the list. Yeah. We just happened to do that. And then the shit kind of popped off. Popped off, right? And that was actually really fortunate because we were ready for all y'all.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And when I say all y'all, I mean we have to say all y'all because it's surprisingly enough a lot of listeners now. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty amazed. So I want to say thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys listening. Like, some of you guys listen every week.
2: Yeah, and like all the uh, the positive feedback that we received has been amazing. It's made me feel like I mean, not like somebody, but this is making me feel. I'm some, this is the most somebody, you are somebody I have been. You are I am somebody. Somebody. Exactly. So thank you for that. We really enjoy doing this. So we, we really know, do. We're gonna keep it up. Yes. Hopefully you guys continue to like all the episodes that we have in the can. We have some good stuff coming. Some heat rock coming. Heat
3: rock. Okay. Heat rock.
2: You know that's like
3: that's all right. The kids
2: say that. Yeah, anyway, they do. All right. They did.
3: Thirty so, years
2: ago. Once again, thank you. Uh, listen, subscribe. Yes. And review. Real yes. talk. Review. Rate and review Please, us. Please review and rate. You know, tell us. Tell us how you feel. Tell Speak us how about. You
3: feel. It. Speak on it. Anyway. Anyway.
2: So, I'm hyped. I'm hyped too. This is... This oh, today's a good episode. Today, you know, I already know. Like, usually, we're like, sometimes we sit down, and we're like, meh, we're gonna see how it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah.
3: Most times sometimes. we sit down, and we're like, meh, we're gonna we'll see, see how it's, how it's
2: gonna go. go. But this one, I've been, I've been, it's been kind of gestating.
3: I knew you were gonna say gestating. I said it in my head. For a
2: while. You know, it's been, it's been working in my spirit, mm-hmm. and I never, I couldn't actually get it out, the reason why this would be a good topic. But now it's here. It's here. To kind of... Provide a little bit of backstory. Uh Uh-oh. About a week ago, I came across this list, 28 black films you need to see to keep your race car. Now, yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna lie. You know, we, black people in general, we play this game a lot. We like, you know, what are the movies that's like a part of the official canon? Oh, yes. You know, what is it that everybody has to see? Yes. And usually the list is like five or ten. So like to see a, like 28 is like an exhaustive
3: well one for every single day of black history month yes yes and oh, black yeah. history
2: month is is now is now basically. it's not
3: actually while we're recording this but it's yeah. black history month to you exactly so happy black history happy black month.
2: history month welcome but yeah so 28 black films you need to see one for each day of black history month and i'm gonna run through them really quick i am mean, we're not gonna spend it this is not what the episode is
3: about. you're gonna you're gonna run through all of them
2: like real quick the all uh, the highlights
3: i think you should just give a couple highlights
2: okay so you got Purple we just rain. got this
3: audience we don't want to lose
2: them I know right <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got purple rain you got color purple what's love got to do with it roots five Heartbeats. Friday Friday Harlem Nights I'm gonna get you sucker which is a gym. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Shuffle Ease by you you get the point yes but there was one glaring glaring omission true actually there were a few to be real with you but
3: this is a this is a this is a real one though
2: and it hurt my soul and it spurred me mm-hmm. to action uh oh. And that that omission, yes, this travesty, Woo! is boomerang.
3: Yes. Now,
2: now here's here's what, we're gonna give you a quick recap of a boomerang. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, if basically if you are you know in your youthful twenties or, <laughs> yeah. or like younger than that, you shouldn't be younger than that because we are explicit. Yeah. Um, you should but, be
3: watching Daniel Tiger eating eating gogurt.
2: Yeah. Or for some of our white friends who might not have. Ever you know, seen this movie. Ever classic. seen this movie. One, I'm just going to say, you got to go see this movie. You're yeah. not going to understand a lot of the references. <laughs> but if you go watch the movie and come back and listen to this episode, I mean, you should listen to this episode first. But then also go back and watch yeah. the movie. And then you'll get everything that we're talking about. Yes. Okay. Um, you won't be mad. So, Boomerang.
3: Boomerang. Came out in, was it 1992? 1992. Literally, if you want to set the stage for Boomerang, all you have to say is, here's 1992. The star is Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yes. That's a lot of context right there.
2: Eddie Murphy in like prime peak. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy could do no wrong. It was at weird this point. to
3: watch a movie again and see that people, like Eddie Murphy was the man.
2: And he was in the zone. He was in the zone. <laughs> he was in the zone.
3: Know you know anyway, anyway so that. we
2: should tell you about the movie. Brittany, you want to talk about the movie?
3: Sure. So, like I said, just to give you some context, set in New York City, 1992, Eddie Murphy, right? You're going to need to possibly suspense in 2015 disbelief because in 1992, Eddie Murphy is the shit. And I am actually, we may have talked about this in the co- in the comedy episode of himself. I think it was like fourth fifth episode. I'm actually not the world's hugest Eddie Murphy fan like of his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not the hugest fan of Eddie Murphy as an actor. But Eddie Murphy, I can admit, is supposed to be the fucking man. And you believe it in this movie. Yeah. Um. So he is an advertising executive at this like cosmetics company. He's Sanchez. just like... What's that, Chantress? Chantress, look at you. I wouldn't expect anything less though than exactly. perfect knowledge from you. But he is an advertising executive there. He basically was like in the. They also say he's an advertising executive, but he's in the marketing department. They act like those things yeah. are the same. I love, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so he's there. He's the man. He like is like sleeping with mad women, always dogging them out. Yes. I say that in quotations because. Sorry, that's what... So it's in the soundtrack a lot. Um, but yes, he's always dogging these with different women out. And he's just acknowledged to be, like, not just, like, professional and on point, but he's also hip and cool. Basically, what happens is, is he's always trying to get the panties, but then he meets his match in yes. this woman, Jacqueline, who's not only his match professionally, right, mm-hmm. but also romantically.
2: She plays the game.
3: Yes, she plays the game. And she kind of, like, messes him up. And then, you know, he falls in and out of love with her. Also falls in and out of love with this woman who was, I was just telling Eric, uh, played by Halle Berry, named Angela, who's like proto-Team Natural, proto-Shea Butter Twitter. And and this is
2: Halle Berry before... Like, this is Halle Berry way before peak Halle Berry. Yeah. This is like on the upward rise, like barely out of Strictly business.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so he's falling in and out of love with these different women and also finding his place, getting his footing back after he kind of got his heart trampled on by this woman, Jacqueline. It's It's... I was about to say, it's a really interesting plot. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's kind
2: of. I love this movie. This is my one of my top three. It's not not like top. Not one of my top three. This is my number three favorite film.
3: Okay. What's one time? and two? I'm just curious.
2: One is Barry Gordy's Last Dragon.
3: Oh, I did know that. I yeah. don't know what two is.
2: Number two is Mo Better Blues, which actually oh. has.
3: You keep telling. You mention that, and I just don't believe you when you say that. I think you're just saying it to be. Cute Mo Better Blues or cool is
2: the like. Anyway we're not gonna talk we had to do another episode about Mo, yeah. mo Better Blues but oh. see Mo Better Blues <laughs> maybe we do um, it's actually a very similar plot to this but yeah actually you're
3: right no you're totally totally right yeah but yeah no basically it's just this man who gets like this like total bachelor dog asshole <laughs> fucking fool who gets his comeuppance in the form like professional and romantic comeuppance in the form of this woman Jacqueline played by
2: Robin Givens. Robin Givens. In peak Robin
3: Givens. Right. And in 1992, not only was she, like, when you say peak Robin Givens, that means, like, the way, like, her look and her finesse and, like, her popularity, but also the main thing that she's kind of famous for outside of this movie is, like, public scandal. And so it was, like, peak people had feelings about Robin Givens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, her private life was, like, I hate to put it this way, but her private life was kind of popping, and she was still acting, She's still in the mix, she was looking amazing. Yeah. It's very 1992.
2: Very 1992. Yes. One yes. of my favorite films. Very black. Yes. Very, very black. And I think there are two very big reasons why I think this movie deserves to be in our 28 Days of Black Film.
3: Tell them how you feel.
2: Number one. Now, I'm not going to say that there weren't films that have this theme within the list, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll share the list with you later. It's just kind of like one of those, you know, it's a list. It's a Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's around boomerang is unique in my opinion for its ability to showcase blackness
3: mm-hmm.
2: as the norm yes to the point where you almost don't even notice nope the white people in the
3: movie it must be what it's like to go see like american sniper or something like that not even american sniper because no, it's,
2: it's mad i'm mean, it's mad brown people brown they people. just killed them all <laughs> Like, what <laughs> do you... No, I
3: mean, but, like, any other Clint Eastwood movie, pretty yeah. much. That, like, in that vein, where you just go to the movies and, like, you just see a movie all about white people and their problems and what they're doing. Yeah. And, like, how white people go see it, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't notice anything off of about it Oh, whatsoever. yeah. Yeah. No, that's well, how Well, there was a
2: black person.
3: Right. There was one. And the restaurant scene. Yeah.
2: Boomerang is unique in the sense of over, an overwhelmingly black cast. Like, everybody. I think there's, like, there's maybe two... Two white speaking parts? No,
3: there are the French people that. Oh were yeah, they're out, awesome. Owned, so like four or five. Um, <laughs> Lady Eloise's company, <laughs> at the end, and then there's there's this part that really drove home like the blackness as the norm. Yeah. Was when another amazing part about this movie is that Eddie Murphy's two best friends in the movie are played. By... like... <clears throat> what? No, no, but I'm talking about the scene. I'm talking about the scene really oh, okay. much. Right. So there's this part where like Eddie's eating. What's his name in the movie?
2: Which one? Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Marcus yeah, right. Marcus. Eddie
3: Murphy plays this guy, Marcus. So Marcus is eating lunch in the movie with his two best friends, Gerard, who is played by David, David Allen Greer. Alan Grier. What is more 1992 peak blackness <laughs> fucking talent, <laughs> like, black excellence than David Allen fucking but Greer? who is his other friend? His other friend, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Like... 1992, 27-year-old Martin Lauren. When the three of them are together, it's so, 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 so great. So anyway, there's this, they have actually this really bizarre scene at the very beginning of the movie where they're having lunch. I think it's like five minutes in and I was like taking notes and I was like, oh, transmisogyny. Like right within the first five minutes of the movie. They brought this shit out real quick. Yeah, they brought it out real quick. And it was bizarre because it definitely was like a weird, like it was one of those things that took me out of like being in the movie. Not just because it was so offensive and violent, but also because of, I was like, oh, you can't tell a joke like this in a mainstream movie no. in 20, 2015. It would have went happening. down. No, it, yeah. that couldn't happen. But they have this like scene where they're all eating lunch and they're talking about women and all this kind of stuff. And, and this really super fine black woman walks by and she talks to Eddie Murphy and she's like really like snazzily dressed and she's obviously very beautiful. And she's like, Oh, I'm from Holland. And like she like walks away. She you can tell that she's like a bad bitch and she has her shit together. Yeah. And then at one point, like, Martin Lawrence calls the waitress over to the table. Waitress is a white woman. Yes. Which is means something, yes. right? Like, the only person who's serving them in the restaurant is this white woman. And she's goofy as hell. Yeah. Like, she, not only is she goofy, but she's, like, not goofy in this caricature way, but she's just... They're she's, like,
2: what is the specials? And she's like, oh, well, we have these amazing asparagus, asparagus spears. spears. <laughs> right.
3: And they make her really corny. And, like, the same way that a lot of times... I can't believe this is the first example that's coming to mind. But, you know... The Popeye's chicken lady and how she always has on that apron. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. And how she's all, she's goofy, but she's not a total caricature. Yeah. She's goofy as hell. She's obviously desexualized. She's in this apron. Yeah. Like you're, they do all of these things so that you can't read her as attractive. That's the same way that they did that waitress. Mm. The only white woman that speaks in the entire movie, right? Wow. The is only it? white yeah. woman that speaks in the entire movie is not a waitress who ha- whose entire visage has been made goofy and desexualized. Like That's deep That's That's deep deep. That's deep That's deep That's deep Especially when you think about (laughs) The way shit look now
2: I mean usually And even in movies in general Usually you know If you think about Just love interests in general It Mm -hmm. wasn't You weren't having A black male lead In a mainstream movie Without a white female lead and they weren't. They weren't in a relationship. No, but they were together. But they were together. Yeah. You know, if you think of like Pelican Brief, so you know, it's a big deal. People, the black people in this movie exist and are have a bit of comfort, almost what I think like we are allowed to have. Yes. With the podcast, you know, I mean, this the point. The reason why we do this is yeah. to have conversations where provide a platform for the real conversations we have when mm-hmm. you know
3: we're not in mixed company. Yeah,
2: that's the best way to put it. <laughs>
3: That's what I'm here for.
2: So blackness as the norm. That's number one, mm-hmm. right? And so the other big reason mm-hmm. why I feel like this deserves a spot and what makes Boomerang unique. I'm excited to talk about this point. Is because I feel like if you remove, you know, and another thing, just I'll say before before I say this, Boomerang is m- my number three top favorite film. Mm-hmm. It is not a perfect film. It is not a perfect film no. by. Any means, no. any means whatsoever. They said, as you said before, they said some very transmisogynistic shit. Like uh, they're, the gate, yeah. yeah, like literally like five minutes it's in. While,
3: it's while just like misogynistic shit the Yeah, throughout.
2: Now, taking that away. Okay. I think that Boomerang doesn't, maybe not excellent job. Interesting. An, an interesting job of showing a black man coming to grips with a feminist upheaval within his workplace.
3: I'm nodding actually. Uh, I just realized I, was, I silently responded. No one can see me. <laughs> I can, I, you know that I'm going to have some push, I got some pushback. I know right you got here. some pushback, but and I'm excited about... to engage this. I'm excited.
2: So, I mean, we're going to get to that.
3: We're going to get to and that. I'm going to
2: save that for a little bit, but let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about blackness as a norm in Boomerang. Okay. I mean, we have a few, like, I have to say, we take notes every time. We so, do. you know, we come, we, you, You know, it's not written. We're not scripted. But we have some things that we want to get out. If we were scripted,
3: scripted we should just give up now. Yeah, right?
2: Right. You shouldn't listen.
3: No.
2: I mean, going back to what you were saying, there were rarely ever any white people around. In addition to that, they had black people at every single kind of financial level. Yes. So you had black people who you could tell, kind of didn't have the best resources. Mm -hmm. You had people who were striving, you know. You had, like, Boney T, which was Chris Rock.
3: Chris Rock. Back in the day. So much black excellence in this movie, by the way. It was Chris Rock, Eartha Kitt, Grace Jones, Jeffrey Holder. If you don't know who Jeffrey Holder is, you need to get your life together. He recently passed, and you need to get your life together. And he's in Boomerang. Yeah, and they're all just in there. They're all just being Floating around, just and
2: everybody just got to exist. Everybody kicked out, like one of not one of their best, like
3: Grace Jones. Though that was probably, yeah. I'd say, probably her best.
2: Yeah, I mean Grace Jones was really, really. They let and they just let her be her, which yeah. I think is, is yeah. was pretty great. Or as much of a, a caricature of who people think she. Yes, was.
3: Grace Jones in this movie for some background, some context, plays this character called Strange, and Strange is like this. I like. I read this in Wikipedia because I couldn't really discern while watching the movie what exactly her job was. Mm-hmm. She's a fashion diva? Well, she
2: was the she, she was, was the like, face. She was she the new she became the new face of the organization.
3: Exactly. Because she like and she's she's basically playing Grace Jones in real life. Yeah. if you don't know who Grace Jones is, man. Just pause and, and just use the Google app on your phone. Do
2: a do a Wikipedia search. Yeah, she's an amazing,
3: lot amazing, amazing woman. Grace Jones
2: to to paint the picture of how Boomerang liked to position black people in this film right I like to come back to when Grace Jones or Stranger mm-hmm. makes her entrance <laughs> so they're having this big party because again like Brittany said mm-hmm. so the company was originally um, actually well there was Chantress, Sh- Tress and it was bought by Lady Eloise but Lady Eloise played
3: by Eartha Kitt
2: played by Eartha Kitt who was
3: pa- playing Eartha Kitt basically. playing
2: Eartha Kitt yeah they, you know, they felt like Eartha Kitt was a little too old to be the face of the company, so they were trying to reinvent the company for the mm-hmm. for um for the nine two, yep, the, the nine nine two,
3: <laughs> yeah, the nine two,
2: and they brought in Strange. so they had big celebrations, big very regal event, like everybody's dressed up, mm-hmm. like you had Martin, you know, Eddie Murphy and Dave Alan in tuxes, you had like. Robin Givens in a, in a dress, Gorgeous
3: gown. killing it. Yeah,
2: Halle Berry looking good too. Although they tried to dress her kind of frumpy, they made, they made her so frumpy. They made
3: her look like what I recorded. <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> they tried to be like plain even. friend, yeah. like
3: Halle Berry's your plain friend. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. So Strange comes in. They fly this woman in in a helicopter yes. in a box. Yes. And at first you're like, all right, this shit is problematic. Like, why is this woman <laughs> in the a box. box? But once they open it up, Grace Jones. Pops out on a chariot drawn by white men with Amazing. a whip. Like I'm,
3: I'm Amazing. sitting there
2: losing my mind. Amazing. Like what? Like what the fuck?
3: Yeah, like they just, they just went for it in just, every single sense. The only white men that speak in the movie are French. They don't even speak English, <laughs> yeah. so they can't even express anything. Like all of the white people in this movie are rendered. Irrelevant and speechless and, and or speechless.
2: That I mean that's that's
3: crazy. And that yes. this is
2: like people gave them, I imagine, millions of dollars. Oh, it's
3: forty eight like the budget was crazy. Like they spared no expense. This was um Reginald Warrington Hudland, who were brothers, they did House Party and mm-hmm. so they've done tons of other work since then. In reading about the film, basically Eddie Murphy and it made me have a lot more respect for Eddie Murphy, like looking at the way this was made as an adult. He got, he basically like was like, this is the story that I want. He got two writers, these white guys from Saturday Night Live. They put the script together. And then he was like, I want Reggie in Warrington. I want this person. I want that person. He just was like, put the whole thing together, kind of. And like who, he, it just says so much about who he was at that time that. He had the pull. Yes, he yeah. had the pull. He was just like, oh, like forty-eight million dollars is no-ho now. But forty-eight million dollars or forty-two, whatever it was, forty-something million dollars in nineteen ninety-two for a romantic comedy yeah. with all black people, you can't get kept I can't get I don't forty dollars to kept, make a movie right, right now. I don't <laughs> even know if Kevin Hart could had that kind of pull. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right this second, to be able just to say, I want a black director, I want a black I want you know, I want this person, I want that person, like I want babyface. To yeah. do the music. They had, like, they spared no expense in shooting this film. And you can tell. And every
2: single point, there was so much care and detail put into how they really, like, transform all of the, all the elements to really reflect blackness. Mm-hmm. Even down to, this is something that I caught, because, I mean, you I watched this, but to tell true, I watched this movie at least twice a year.
3: You did tell me that. Um, I haven't seen it since I was 17. I haven't seen this movie in 10 years.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I can, I almost wish I hadn't. To be able to see it with oh, like, oh, eyes we'll that get fresh. Oh, we'll
3: that at some point, but, go ahead.
2: <laughs> but they even changed the condoms. Like if you, yeah,
3: if what you, was it? I
2: couldn't. It read said the Ramses, which was a pharaoh, as opposed to Trojans. What? Yes, like Yo! right levels, levels. Like it's so many. Like they paid. They paid attention to so much detail, and it put me in a place where I just felt so almost relaxed mm-hmm. like it's a very over the top picture in some ways <laughs> <laughs> like yes. I mean like we just talked about Grace Jones riding in on a, on a chariot, chariot drawn by, by a white, white men yeah. like don't get it twisted it's, it's, it's a crazy movie yeah. but it was so like relaxing to just not Those almost like uh, racial elements, or that clash that can sometimes happen, Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: or even how you how you behave in mixed company, to just have that not be an issue in the film like that's not that's not what this film was about. It was awesome.
3: I don't know if we even mentioned this. This is important detail. The entire company, like, the entire cosmetics company, every single person working in the office was black. Yeah. Right? Every single... Per- like, when we say that everyone in the movie was black, whenever there's, like, extras or background characters, primarily the the scene is, g- is going to be populated by
2: black people. If they go to a restaurant or in the party scene, there are always a few, you know white people pepper, pepper yeah man. to make it realistic yeah but it's literally <laughs>
3: I think this is actually how a lot of like mainstream movies get made let's put some black people in the background yeah. to make let's, it realistic
2: let pepper this yes
3: pepper <laughs> literally but go ahead
2: I mean the interesting thing you say about that though everybody is black basically everybody mm. is black but the thing that I never noticed before and I notice now Was that the the board of directors was all white? Yeah, was all white.
3: I did notice that. I noticed that, and that
2: kind of took me out, which I thought was interesting, and you know maybe kind of a subtle dig at the time. I mean, at the times at time.
3: Yeah, at now, (laughs) at 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 life, (laughs) at
2: life. That you know, even though you have this this cosmetics company, which clearly caters to an entirely black audience, which Mm -hmm. also doesn't really you know happen as much now. You have Miss Jessies and like. I mean, that's like hair. Carol's daughter. Yeah, Carol's it ain't daughter. like
3: fashion. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's probably modeled after fashion fair, but fashion fair is not popping like that.
2: Yeah. So you have this like massive black company with black people, you know, occupying every space throughout the, throughout the company at mm-hmm. every level. But then the board of directors was black, was all white. Um, but they were, yeah. I mean, they were French. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting choice. I mean, it made sense because, you Cause know, the, the cosmetics and Chantres. Well, yeah, and, and they,
3: t- they mentioned, like talking about, it's like, this is real. But I was like, they did say at the beginning of the movie that the headquarters, you know, was in Paris. Oh, yeah. The other thing, when you talk about like that, when you actually think about the nods to race, like, so that was a nod to race, having the whole board of directors be white men. There's a scene in a racial profiling scene in the movie where like the three guys, Gerard, Tyler and Marcus are all shopping together for suits. And there's this white guy who's like uh, working in the suit store. And just like harassing the shit out of them, like, oh, you know that costs thirteen hundred dollars. We don't carry cash in the store. Like, like, just giving them all of this shit, and they reference and they make a joke out of it, which is actually really funny scene while they're having this conversation that's moving the plot forward romantically or whatever they're also experiencing like this racial profiling yeah which is a lot like real life yeah. i thought that was like such a great example of how of we're forced how, to respond what's yeah. that well not even just how you choose to respond of how sometimes like my life feels so granted these people go to work and like everyone they work with is black right I don't have that necessarily the case. I know that you don't. Most people don't have that as the case. But I know that a lot of my social life is very black or majority like majority of my social life is black. Just I live in Bed-Stuy. A lot of my friends are from Howard or even if not everyone in my social circle went to Howard. Like we all are part of like a larger network of like
2: found each other. Yeah,
3: we all found each other. Right. So we're all generally in the same mix. Especially on weekends, especially on a long weekend or something like that, that it's only those sometimes those little microaggressions that register as, you know, oh, there are white people around or like, oh, there are non-black people around. Like the way that they depict the character's interaction with whiteness. Is very true to real life. Like for me in my life, blackness is the norm. And my interactions, a lot of times, like obviously outside of like my true social interactions with white people that I'm friends with and know and like and care about. But, like, with people that I don't really know, there are going to be people who are racially profiling me or people who are committing some type of microaggression yeah. against me. Like It's that was, jarring. It's jarring, exactly. And it, it's like, like, even though we are taking note of blackness as the norm, part of the reason why I think we notice and part of the reason why we care so much and why it matters is because that is reflective of what our actual everyday life is like.
2: Literally, I mean, that was extremely well put. Thanks. And literally, I had that happen to me. What was it? not last week, week before last. So I literally was going to get, interesting enough, I'm not gonna put all that business out there, cause you know, I, apparently people listen now. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to get fitted for a suit. Oh yeah, and for
3: a special occasion.
2: For a special occasion. And the tailor made it a point to keep reiterating what the price of the suit started. Oh. Now I'm like, I've been to your website. I called you, I made an appointment, I'm here. <laughs> Like, I looked up how much the shit costs. I'm not just going to show up like, yo, like, let me get oh, a, really? Yeah, yeah, let me fit get Fit
3: me. And yeah, then hit me with the price.
2: For a custom-made suit. Like, it's <laughs> like, come on. Like, come on. I felt a lot like Tyler.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martin Lawrence.
2: <laughs> yeah, Martin yeah. Lawrence. Who was always like, it's racial. It's racial, man. <laughs> he's trying to tell. He's like right. advocating for, you know, for them to see like, yo, that was a slight. And like, sometimes in the movie, uh, actually a lot of times in the movie when he says that, it's kind of a reoccurring thing. They're like... Uh, you need to chill like you're reading more into that the reality is in that point at that particular time they were like yeah yeah." Like that was some overt shit and the interesting thing I think that happened within that scene is at the end Eddie Murphy kind of like lived everybody's like dream when they were walking out the door the man who uh, committed the microaggression who was like yo you need to you know there's no layaway here (laughs) it's not on sale it's $1800 you gotta pay all at once He's standing at the front of the store to watch to make sure they don't steal anything. Right. And Eddie Murphy like jumps at him like, rah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be real, real, real right right now.
3: Okay, I don't know what you're gonna say.
2: When something like that happens, like yeah. when somebody comes at you and they treat you in a manner that make you that makes you feel less than that, your <sighs> first reaction is always to want to do some shit like that. I
3: always <laughs> wanna act that. Do you know how many like, times I've like cut my music up on an airplane and started dancing in my seat because somebody was uncomfortably sitting next to me. I love acting out in public. I love it.
2: <laughs> but in that situation, you don't want to give that person a satisfaction of, like, taking you out your cool. In some cases, you do, like what you just said. Yeah, i petty. I love it. Petty. <laughs> petty <Pendergrass>. But yeah. <laughs>
3: That's me.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you have to hold that in. So to see, to to watch Eddie Murphy kind of let that out for one day, it was kind of like the purge. We need, we need like, a purge where we could just react (laughs) however we want just clap back just like
3: a major clap back weekend
2: but no I thought that was an amazing an amazing scene like you said to depict the realness of that and another thing to go back to Tyler Tyler kind of broke this shit down when they were playing pool yeah the, uh, the interesting thing about this like they really do a great job of showing like black male relationships however fraught or however problematic in that particular case because like I said, sometimes they say some like really, really, really terrible shit, shit. Uh, in terms of like being misogynistic. But the reality is we do hang out all mm-hmm. the time and it, a lot of it is very activity focused. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost so I'm surprising. sorry, look
3: at you. Like this is good. Okay. I go. mean,
2: we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, we have. But a lot of it's very activity focused. They're always either out to dinner, mm-hmm. working out, playing pool, like doing something specifically. That's how a lot of My my interactions happen as well with my friends. Yeah. Like, we're rarely just kind of sitting around shooting the shit.
0: Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com pod five zero for 50% off. The
1: living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life resistant high performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip ups and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
2: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. where I was kind of doing something so I thought that was very true to life at one point they're playing pool and Tyler's talking about so pool is like the most racist game in the world because you have this white ball <laughs> whose goal is to knock out all the colored balls on the table mm-hmm. and the game is not over till he can knock out the black ball
3: right and that was the scene where <laughs> David Allen Greer is like oh, I don't know Tyler and Eddie's like no you are not no to he's something. like you-
2: that's not hotel history.
3: That's like it's a little Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, it's a
2: little yeah, Uncle Ruckus. But I was like, dang, that's yeah. deep. That's deep. That's see, real of course, deep. y'all
3: would think y'all would you would think that that was deep. I see what he did there. He tried.
2: He tried, and I thought I, mean, I thought it was just really funny. I thought that was a, a great way. <laughs> no, to, I, think, I love it because everybody, you know, everybody has that one friend. who's like um conspiracy,
3: was like, yeah, like bugging
2: out yeah. from um do the right thing. Yes, yes, yes. I thought all of their representations and to even talk about like so even black men in general. Like mm-hmm. so you have Marcus, the three black friends. You have Marcus who is kinda like the suave, um I don't even know if I call him romantic. He was kinda some
3: No, he I, was like a Playboy. Yeah. Playboy? Yeah,
2: the Playboy, yeah, the playboy yeah. player. Basically the precursor to Bill Bellamy I was how just to get a play.
3: The <laughs> precursor to Bill Bellamy. Okay. We're on but the same page.
2: You had him, you had Gerard.
3: Who yeah. was David Allen
2: Greer? Who was basically, I mean, basically me. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, I yeah, think.
3: you now. I'm a
2: mix, but you know anyway,
3: <laughs> you now. Okay, Thanks. I just shade you. You just came for me. It. You
2: just came for me. I already I like self-deprecated myself.
3: Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go anyway,
2: ahead. so you had Gerard, who was kind of like kind of corny, you know. Yeah, he was insane. corny. He
3: was like the guy who at the beginning of the movie, he was like, you know, you guys say all this awful stuff about women. What yeah. about companionship? And, like, love and feelings. Y'all got to get in touch with yourself. And they were like, you bitch, mate. You so fucking soft. (laughs) Like, I told you, I first saw this movie when I was literally, like, this month, 10 years ago. Shit. I've always seen it in bits and pieces throughout the past 10 years. But watching it now as an adult, and, like, when I was younger, I just kind of took it in. And then I went to Howard the following fall, and my life just unraveled from there. But watching it now at 27 and, like, being in that same stage of life, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Will y'all listen to Gerard? Yeah. Will y'all please act like Gerard? Will you please help me? Will you act like Gerard? Gerard's the only fucking reasonable person in the whole movie.
2: Well, I think Mark is his growth as a person. He becomes more like Gerard.
3: You can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes. But okay.
2: <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. So, and okay, then you also have you also have Tyler, who's a lot more like aggressive and even more of kind of like overtly misogynistic and uh Tyler
3: everybody knows a Tyler everybody has a Tyler yeah. it's weird because like Tyler played by Martin Lawrence is the coal of the group
2: dang do you see you the some real shit. so Martin to, to explain because some people might not know that some people might not <laughs> sorry, know that sorry you can't rest- see my face
3: I know you haven't seen Martin stop listening there
2: yet. is a show called Martin Martin it is an excellent show for the time. Yeah, it's
3: an amazing show. For
2: the time. Moment in time. Um, but anyway, Martin Lawrence was the lead character in that. Mm-hmm. And there was another character who was his friend called Cole, who was yeah. just like, I mean, pretty ridiculous.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: but Martin Lawrence basically played Cole in this movie.
3: Yes. So yeah.
2: that was deep. Yeah. I just think we had to break it down. We did. made it feel less that deep. Was but like that was very... actually pretty deep.
3: Yeah, no. So you have you have Marcus. You have Tyler. So you have the Playboy. You have the Fool, who's Tyler. Yes. And then you have like kind of like the softy, which who's Gerard. Or the nerd. The nerd. He could have been on the podcast. He could
2: have been on the podcast. <laughs> we would have very much appreciated. We would have probably begged
3: him to come on. But you have the three of them together and like that trio. You know what I mean? Those three amigos. Amigos for short, let's say. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> see what I'm you saying? Did there. You see what I did there, right? <laughs> that triumvirate is like everybody. Have, everybody knows three guys like that. Or everybody. composite of those, two or guys. composite of those two guys. And also, like we were talking about this earlier, you can be one of them, but maybe not in all of your friendship groups or yeah. friendship dynamics, like mm. friendship circles. Maybe you Marcus in Marcus in Brooklyn, <laughs> but you're Tyler in Memphis. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, no, that's real.
2: That's real. Or actually, the it really, real talk, the, it's the reverse. You're Tyler <laughs> in Memphis, which is probably I'm, so I'm Tyler, definitely Tyler in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, And yeah, then yeah. you're Marcus of Memphis. In Memphis, exactly. Like, right. That's actually, basically that's what my candy. life is.
3: I was trying to figure out who of the, Like, I probably should be dating Gerard. In 2015, I'm going to turn over to New Leaf and start dating Gerard. I think my whole like life history, though, is Tyler's who swear they Marcus. Everybody, <laughs> and you know, and you know. That's actually so accurate. And you know.
2: That is not a lie. I Tyler's can't find swear it. Marcus. Damn.
3: If you think I'm talking about you, I'm not.
2: But you are. <laughs> But it's
3: fine.
2: Anyway, so, so yeah, like, I mean, that representation of kind of like the black friend dynamic was spot on, spot on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's, it's valuable to kind of show that. You, and, and even in movies that came out later, I mean, you had like your coolie high if you go back. Yeah. You know, it's not like that, those types of dynamics weren't shown before, but I thought mm-hmm. it was really well done in terms of black successful men, mm-hmm. you know, like people who were relatively upwardly mobile or whatever. Um, I thought it did a great job of showing how, even though you change the situation, those kind of behaviors and those those personalities are still very much the same, which yeah. is kind of sad. Cause...
3: It is kind of sad, because that means y'all don't really grow anything. Yeah. But I don't know, I thought that that was... I liked that, like you said, the in bla- the blackness as norm, it's sad that it was such a jarring experience for both of us to watch it as adults and to be so shocked by this, even though it's so true to our own real lives. Even when you talk about that in... You're going to hate me for saying this, low key. But when you talk about how they show black people at every level of class and society and doing all sorts of different types of jobs, teaching art to being an executive or, you know, from being somebody's retired parent who's, yeah. you know, country and wild as hell. A good example of actually a show that I love to watch that you, I think, are getting into that does a good job with that actually is Empire. I actually, before I watched, rewatched Boomerang last night, I watched this past week's episode of Empire, and it was a similar thing where, like, I that's something I noticed watching with my sister. We marathoned a couple episodes last weekend. And they did the same thing in Boomerang where it doesn't matter what station you are in life, but you're valid. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, Chris Rock's character was in the mail room, but he was valid. And the kids, like, the inner city kids who were art students, they weren't just like some, like, Angela, to give you some background, Angela Halle Berry's character, in addition to being like a creative director at this advertising. Office firm or whatever. She also like teaches art to underserved kids or whatever. But the kids were not the kids were human. Do you know what I mean? They weren't supposed to necessarily feel bad for them. You're supposed to find them interesting and funny and and cute. It's the same thing on Empire where even though Cookie, who's the main character played by Taraji b Henson, she's somebody who is formally incarcerated. She just got out of prison. She's trying to get her family back together. There are people who are in various parts of the life. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? As far as being criminals or not, or gay or straight or kind of hood, kind of street, super educated and, you know, some people are super fucking corny, some people are married to white women. And but every single person is not necessarily pigeonholed. Every single person is valid. And their yeah. station of where they are in life is valid. And I like that about Empire. I think that's the thing that I hook into with Empire. And that's one of the things that I really liked about Boomerang is that it because blackness was the norm and it wasn't seen as a detriment to yeah. your character as it can kind or even of a be. hindrance. Yes, yeah, or a yeah, hindrance. To every single person you know, like I said, from the country bumpkin parents, you know, all the way up to Jacqueline and her kind of her mean ass. Everybody was valid. Tisha Campbell living next door. Yeah. Who was like, I guess, had been played by Marcus before and always was like cursing him out and wanting to get back at him. She was, you know, the wild, crazy neighbor, but she was still valid. She wasn't like nobody was I felt like was the butt of a joke.
2: Yeah. Well, I she was a butt of a joke. Yeah. But I mean, but, like yeah, a general joke as opposed yeah.
3: to, yeah, like a life joke that uh-huh. never ends and costs you money and years of your life.
2: Mm. That was, (laughs) that was deep. But I want to, I mean, I think that's a good, that's a good point to kind of wrap blackness as a norm. Because I really want to, I want to make sure we have time. Yes. To talk about how I think this movie has a lot of really strong feminist
3: elements. Get into it, I'm excited.
2: Here's the thing. I mean, white elephant in a room, I'm a man. And I recognize that it's somewhat ridiculous for me to champion The feminist portrayal of this movie Yes To you, a woman Yeah Especially in the face of So many misogynistic elements Throughout the film (laughs) I recognize this I acknowledge this I will even say I'm probably wrong I am wrong But I'm willing to talk through it I want want you to hear my thoughts
3: I'm ready I'm ready to receive your thoughts
2: Okay Interestingly enough Within this movie You actually learn A lot A lot About the women In Marcus's life Yes. So you have, and let's, who are the women in Marx's life? Let's, let's like run through them really quick. You yes. have about, I think four like primary or five primary. Okay. So you have, you have Robin Gibbons as Jacqueline. Yes. Who is positioned as very much. They take great care to show that she is his equal. She dresses immaculately. Mm-hmm. You know, she is uh, very suave, very smooth. She's extremely intelligent. Yes. She is absolutely gorgeous. And at the time, you know, Eddie Murphy was Eddie Murphy was there too. He was a handsome guy. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he had that like interesting up
3: little fade
2: lip. natural thing going on. But it like the time. he still had the Murphy mustache. I'm still trying to get to that Murphy mustache. I'm working at that. I'm gonna get there one day.
3: I didn't know that was your goal, but
2: okay. Yeah, thirty five. When when I hit thirty five, that's it's it's coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back. Just
3: stay on topic.
2: Anyway, so Robin Givens, she was chosen over him for this job. So they were at the, at the same like, employee level. Mm-hmm. Okay? She was very straightforward. She was also, they show her into sports. So yeah. you have this very like strong woman who like, broke down like, those normal barriers of, of the women he had kind of stereotyped throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's Robin Givens' quick nutshell, putting her in a box. Yeah. That was a quick nutshell. Anyway, you also have Halle Berry. They made her out to be a little frumpy and a little nerdy, but very much <laughs> an empathetic, compassionate woman. You know, very creative.
3: She's interesting.
2: They showed her, they showed all the different, like, paintings that she was done. She was well-traveled. She was like, I got this goalie mask from yes. Africa.
3: <laughs> I love how she said, from Africa. Yeah. Not country, but yes, Africa, I love <laughs> it.
2: She painted, you know, she, she gave back to her community. They showed her as kind of like like a leader in that regard. She, was, she did very well with uh, Gerard's family.
3: Yeah, she could cook.
2: She could cook. She was awesome. She was she was kind of portrayed as that woman who clearly you want to be your mate or partner. Yes. So then you also have a few who are on the the you know the periphery. You have Tisha Campbell, which is real quick. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, you gotta throw her out there. But you know, she was there kind of as his immediate foil, like to show that like he had wrong consistently some yeah. women he had to the point up. yeah he had been fucking up to put it lightly for a long time to the point where you know she would retaliate by pretty much calling him out to everyone yes. who came to his house yes. <laughs> yes a little bit of a stalk in addition you had Eartha Kitt and yes. can I just say my first note is Eartha Kitt though Eartha Kitt though
3: I hate you dot
2: dot 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 dot
3: I can see it it really like, that
2: like literally Eartha Kitt who is a feminist icon in her own right.
3: Yes, absolutely. You
2: know, if you if you are on Black Tumblr, you've seen an Eartha Kitt gif set.
3: Oh, yeah. Eartha Kitt, she was she not play. playing with you all. She was not playing with <laughs> Lady Bird Johnson. She was not fucking with this Vietnam War. She was not fucking with y'all racist showrunners. She was not here for the bullshit.
2: And Earth the Kit,
3: even though they tried
2: to like make Earth the Kit, she was Lady uh Eloise. Lady Eloise. They tried to like play her a little bit in in her portrayal. She was yeah. she was a little old. She's still looking damn good in my yes. opinion. You know. My interesting enough, my fiance I always rolls her eyes when Earth the Kit comes on the screen, so I was like, yo, Earth the Kid. <laughs> Earth the Kit. Anyway, she was very like they actually used a lot of descriptors for both for her and um uh, Anshan. Graceful, powerful. She re- she reflected natural beauty. You mm-hmm. know, I thought that was interesting. She also was rich yes she had two manservants yes she did Todd and there was another guy I can't, I can't remember his name I can't remember his name she was in a position of power she had been there she had she was you know very regal they showed a lot they took great care to kind of set her up even though she, and she was also very proudly sexual as well
3: she was she was popping it was interesting because I could and I have a note in here about like I get that Eartha Kitt is a punchline but she looks amazing yeah like she was too appealing and to fly and, like, body was, she was incredible, like right? In humor, her right? In 92, her yeah. body was incredible. She had to be in her 60s or 70s yeah. then. I could see that they were trying to make her a punchline, but, like, because she's so who she is, it kind of didn't fully pan out that way. Yeah. And so it was kind of situationally funny, but it wasn't... Sad. No, it wasn't sad. Like, she was still popping. Like, yeah. you got... She got to be fully acknowledged as as, like, popping in that movie. So, like, she was a little bit older, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't Medea. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, that type of caricature.
2: So, I mean, you had Eartha Kitt. Then you also had Grace Jones.
3: Yes. I got
2: mad notes about Grace Jones. I stand for Grace Jones in this movie because she was just so... She was so herself. She was... And the, the adjectives that they used for her was powerful, bold, aggressive. Yes. Glamorous. Grace Jones, she just came on the scene. Every scene she was in, basically, you you had to struggle. They had to fight to be noticed. Yes. Because Grace Jones is killing it.
3: Yes, she was killing it. And she, like, she, I think, did a really good job of lampooning her own public image. She yeah. was genuinely very good in this movie and really funny.
2: And I thought the interesting thing, even in talking about her as a feminist, another feminist icon for sure. in this movie, they made a point to talk about how you could never control, yes, Strange. You can't control Str- Strange, you just gotta let her be who she is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, you know, that was really interesting. And even Mar- for who Marcus was in the movie, he often was supposed to be this like lady killer, this tamer of women, whatever. Yeah. But in the end, he couldn't tame Strange, and it was actually Robin Givens, yes. Who had to step to her and be like, Yo, you gotta chill. Just yeah. a little bit.
3: <laughs> you yeah. gotta chill. I mean, like you say she got you gotta chill. Like there was a scene where Strange is supposed to go out to the Caribbean with Lady Eloise's company and shoot this like advertisement for, you know, some cosmetic product. There's this amazing scene yeah. in the restaurant where <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, the word pussy is uttered at least by Grace Jones in a French accent. At yeah. least 15. I was going to
2: say 30 maybe. Yeah, like
3: a million times. It's yeah. an amazing, amazing scene. But she gets up and storms out of the restaurant and then Robin Givens and Eddie Murphy follow. And when you say like, it wasn't like Robin Gibbons was just like you gotta chill. She went up to Strange's stretch limousine, yes. which she had a black another driver, I, yeah, a driver with locks gorgeous black man locks with, locks. with knee high boots on. with knee high <laughs> boots exactly like legit right. He was like he's dressed up like a coachman okay, so he's there. Lets Grace Jones in the car and then Eddie Murphy seems like he might like think he gonna handle the situation and then Robin Givens is like one second and then she goes up to Strange's window. Strange rolls it down and she's like look you gonna go down to the Caribbean or else we're gonna take away these millions of dollars that we've given you and da, da 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 She just told, like, she didn't say, look, you need to chill. She was like, look, Stranger, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. After it was already established that Stranger couldn't be controlled and you had to let her do what she was going to do. And also, that was like the other thing that happened in the scene, why Grace Jones even got on the topic of pussy in the first place puss, puss, is puss. because... <laughs> puss, puss, puss. Exactly. <laughs> Before she even got on that, that topic in the first place, Robin, it was... Was because Robin Givens left the table, like, specifically to get Marcus and Strange to talk. Because she had told Strange that Marcus was amazing in bed, yeah. right? She basically dogged the shit out of Marcus yeah. to Stranger, right? And then left the table so that Stranger could be like, hey, Marcus, Jacqueline said, you got, you know, you got some good shit popping off in your pants. Let's What's get up? it cracking. What's right. the deal? What's up? Where's like, mine? It Exactly. That whole dynamic was just like... And then she went outside and handled the business. Yeah. After Marcus got embarrassed in the middle of that restaurant, it was yeah. low key amazing.
2: It flipped that narrative of this like playboy, this like dog, mm-hmm. you know, on its head. It wasn't simply that he got caught cheating and reformed. No, no, this man got broken down. Yes, deservedly. deservedly.
3: She, I forgot. After she, he found out that she dogged him out in the restaurant. He got embarrassed. Ron Jay left. She handled that situation. She broke up with him in the street. After in the that. street, she's just like, it's over.
2: In the middle of the night in, like, somewhere in, like, Midtown East. Yeah,
3: she's just like, okay, it's yeah. over.
2: Bye. And walked off with her hair, like, we popping down the street in the Chillin'. wind. Like, it's, it's the middle of winter.
3: She's yeah. skipping. Skipping.
2: <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. So, I mean, I think if you look at how much, like, that much detail... Mm -hmm. isn't usually given in these types of pictures Mm -mm. you know it's like the women were very much well-formed characters Mm -hmm. like Jacqueline they didn't give her as much time as the others even like even like stuff. but she's supposed to
3: be an antagonist she's supposed to be a villain
2: exactly but even the interesting thing about that like they didn't make her like she was the villain but she wasn't like I mean she wasn't like terrible no I just like evil she very much just did what what Marcus did
3: exactly I mean I got a couple thoughts about that On one hand, I do definitely understand. I I actually don't disagree with you when you talk about him dealing with this feminism upheaval in the workplace, especially when you come back to the end. There's this whole thing where, like, Marcus, after Jacqueline dumps him, he gets with Angela, who should have been with Gerard. If this was real life, Angela and Gerard would have got together. It would have been amazing. But this is some bullshit-ass movie, and it's like... Another, like, thematic element I hate about a lot of fucking movies, especially with all black romantic comedy casts, is that this man who's been acting a fool for, like, 20, 30, 40 years straight gets tripped up once... And, and then, like, that's right. right for, like, seven minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just gets to, like, have this most amazing partner, most amazing woman. So, basically, Marcus gets with Angela. He fucks her over because Jacqueline's like, hey, let's get back together. And he's like, oh, Angela, even though you're living in my house, I'm about to go hang out with Jacqueline. Right? So, anyway, that he ends up breaking Angela's heart. Angela... Right? Comes back. Oh, yeah. At the she very end, back. I love it. Because she comes that boss bitch. Right? Angela went from, like I said, she was like proto Shea butter Twitter. She had these. <laughs> she had like a dashiki on in every single scene. No, she had a koofy on every she scene. Goofy. She had a koofy. She had a koofy in every single scene. She's always like making art. They always try to make it seem like, oh, I'm just the friend. She's like, I don't have weave all down my back. That's what she could say. Love should have brought your ass love home Love should have brought night. your ass home last night. Right? So Angela's like, you know, it's kind of a softie. And then because like Marcus breaks her heart she gets on her career grind she has yeah. her shit together she went from being creative in the meetings and making suggestions to like next time marcus he's her she's like wearing this sleek bad bitch dress she don't have the fucking mushroom cut they no more she got the curls fucking, out yep they took they may give her a side part so she had a little fucking swoop action she's just like has all these white people coming in ask her questions she's like yes no like boss bitch right of course at the end of the movie marcus has quit his job so he's now a broke trifling asshole, right? <laughs> Who already fucked her over by getting with her. She was living with him. He went back and fucked like her low-key friend <laughs> and yeah. then was like, tried to act like that was cool. So he shows back up at her job unannounced. Pro tip, don't ever fucking do with that. With some kids that yeah, she used kids, to work with. Which she used to work with. So basically, he went to her old like volunteer job, started teaching there as a deploy to get her, like to get back into her life. I was so irritated that at the end Angela's just like okay okay oh you came to my job oh you creepily did all this shit to stalk me okay that aside I will. my greatest hope is that as we continue like I want to see more black romantic comedies obviously in general because this is super enjoyable to watch just to see black people falling in and out of love and dating and stuff like that but I will be pleased with like the feminist moments when the triumph isn't that the woman acts more like a man You know Mm. what I mean? Like, I'll be pleased with that when that's, like, not the ultimate triumph. I mean, I get where it came from. Like, actually, I was reading about how they started the movie. And one of my favorite, my favorite, probably, genre of film is 30s screwball comedies. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, this was very, and they said they based it off of some of his his Girl Friday, which is shit. It's not Myrna Loy. I don't know why I'm fucking up. I think it's Rosalind Russell. But Myrna Loy is my bitch. It seemed like a character that Myrna Loy would have played, but I don't think it was her. I don't know anyway so it's her Cary Grant and the intelligence that Jacqueline has like mm-hmm. the banter that Angela's able to have because Angela's soft-spoken but she's still interesting she's funny yeah. these very driven like interesting women were very common during that period and that's what they said that they they were influenced by and loving his girl Friday and also really enjoying boomerang I can definitely see the connections between those two somehow in the past 80 years that got lost in the mix so I, I get where they got that notion from of like you're getting bested by this woman who's beating you at your own game ideally I would love to see a, a romantic comedy with feminist elements where the woman gets to kind of be her and be cool and not necessarily have to be an asshole <laughs> to be <laughs> they some really, They equal.
2: Yeah, they try to make her like, oh, she had become like cold. Right. Like at the end. And I,
3: like the, yeah, like I said, that has roots in that whole like, um, what's that thing called? Great Depression. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like Depression era and World War II era, like women in the workplace doing it. That's a very old notion, that whole like idea of girls can do what the guys do and still be a woman. But it'd be cool if a woman just did what she was doing and was the shit and didn't have to, like I said, be an asshole. I mean, I can't argue with that at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I gotta give you that because it not even gotta give you that. I mean, you're right. But
3: <laughs> I'm gonna savor that moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it happens very few and far between but uh, this, is, this is definitely one where you got me.
3: I mean, but I think there were a couple other things that
2: were interesting about that that had some feminist elements, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're definitely right there. But I thought the other thing that was very interesting was that there are very few men who were... I mean, it made sense that because they were in a cosmetics company mm-hmm. that there would be very few men who worked there. But it was literally all women. There were, like, three... True. There were three men who I saw other than the board of directors. Mm-hmm. So you had Nelson. You had...
3: Oh, my God, I can't remember the character's name.
2: The fragrance designer...
3: He's literally built as chemist.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn.
3: They gave him a name in the scene, but I don't remember it.
2: So there's him and then in addition, you have like Boney T and like Dave Allen Gray in there. But it's very few men who work at the company. There are women at every level. And I also thought it was interesting that Marcus in this particular environment thought he was just about to be top dog. And they merged with another company and they made it a point to show that like it was Jacqueline who was his superior. Mm-hmm. Like she was his boss. And so she was really like running this company. And he had to really kind of come to terms with that. Yeah. In addition to the fact that even his like saving grace. So to detail another plot point. So Marcus, because he's heartbroken over Jacqueline, like fucks up this like big shoot that they had.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, my God. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> so he fights up this big commercial shoot that they had with Strange, and they give him like one more chance. And it's actually Angela who has the idea for how to fix the whole shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, he got a lot of credit for, like, bringing his career back, but it was basically because he pitched Angela's work.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right.
2: (laughs) So, like, a lot of it was really just him coming to terms with the fact that he wasn't in control of his environment anymore. He wasn't that top dog. He couldn't have any woman he wanted within this company. Mm -hmm. You know, he had to really learn that women was running shit. Yeah. Who run the world?
3: (laughs) Girls.
2: My my Beyoncé reference for the year.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Week, day, hour.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was really interesting in itself. And they didn't make a point out of that. I mean, obviously, he doesn't get props for that because he should have been okay with that regardless. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was interesting to kind of show that. Again, with these types of stories, you don't see them making points to show those types of things. Even with a movie like Mo' Better Blues. Yeah, basically a similar story. You have this dog who gets reformed. Yeah. In in their professional space, that's not that's not really no. Played it's not with. reflected. No. It's not reflected. So I thought it was really interesting that they made a point to show that at every point of his life, he really had to open himself up more to letting women and specifically Black women take the helm. I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. and had some you know roots in feminism.
3: I actually, you know what, I am going to give you some credit. That was actually like the late 80s, early 90s was like a lot of us think of as like a great period in black film. And then there's like the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, which a lot of us think of as like a great period in black film, where we just had like a lot of really fun movies that we all love came out then. So yeah. obviously, you know, you have Whist My Shit, Everybody's Shit, Coming yeah. to America, Coming obviously. To America. Do you know what I'm saying? You have Boys in the Hood, but then also in the late 90s, early 2000s, you have The Best Man and... Brothers and all this kind of stuff. The Wood, wood, right. Those movies don't do as good I don't think as nuanced of a job like the best man and also the best man holiday show black people who are upwardly mobile and doing interesting work and things like that but there's still the the female characters may argue that they may be better developed or at least as well developed yeah. but as far as those little like you said those little points those little details that display their intelligence that display their
2: professional acumen
3: yeah professional acumen thank you those are not necessarily there or in, in a way that isn't like super duper obvious and kind of like disrespectful of the audience's intelligence yeah we Even know that man. this person is successful because we go to their job and they're telling people what to do and like, like i work at msnbc everyone needs me you know what i mean yeah. like they didn't have to do that in boomerang you could see that these women were on their shit and it was consistent throughout the entire film yeah i actually feel some of that i feel some of that. i will say though so i told you the first time i watched the movie was in 2005 february 2005 I had gotten some surgery. I was in the hospital. It was like I had just gotten my scholarship to Howard, right? And congrats, H.U. you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I was like in the hospital. I had never seen this movie before, so it comes on, and I'm just like, my mind was blown. Right at 17, come back and watch it at 27, in full. Like I, had, I told you, I'd seen it in pieces, but I hadn't watched it, credits to credits. I have a PSA: Men of Brooklyn, or men of any anywhere, any town, in USA, if you were born between the years. 1981 and 1987. I've realized now that a lot of the game that y'all are running, a lot of the corny jokes that you tell, just weird. your weird preoccupation with women having decent pedicures comes from this fucking movie and it needs to stop. None of y'all are Marcus. Marcus wasn't that fly. And whatever, like, Marcus used to sit in his house with no shirt on under a blazer with a gold chain this showing. It's a zip-up blazer. zip-up blazer just to have folks over with, like, wild shoulder pads, right? And, like, wild bracelet cuff sleeves. So, like, you know what I'm saying? You can see, like, six inches of his fucking wrist and forearm exposed. Marcus wasn't that fly then. And y'all aren't doing yourselves any favors when you try to kick Marcus' game in 2015. So, like, I'm just letting you guys know. I know we're only, like, one month in to the year. We're still in Q1. You have time to like fix your shit up, you have time you got to rectify it. Three quarters yourselves.
2: to show some growth.
3: You have three quarters <laughs> to show some growth. I did not realize this movie is like the blueprint in y'all's minds. Some of these jokes I have heard before. Yeah. Some of these moves I have seen before, right? And not just in a general way. There are specific little things that Talk y'all are it. doing. Tell us how you feel. There are specific little things that y'all are doing and the shit is outdated and it's corny and it's whack. And y'all ain't that flying, neither was Marcus. And that's all I have to say about that.
2: Well, I mean, to I mean to validate it a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else were we stealing from?
3: Tell me, I want to know, I actually want to hear from you about how did this cause like it means something to you. Like I enjoy yeah, this, movie, but this m- movie. This movie means something. a lot to me. What is it what does it mean to you? How does that manifest itself? Maybe not 2015, because you're in a different situation yeah, in 2015. I'm lucky. But like early bit. 20s, Eric, college age, Eric. What did Marcus mean to you?
2: I mean, okay, damn. So I'm not. I'm not about to do myself any favors right now. But I'm. <laughs> a, I'm gonna I'm have this conversation because you know what? It des- It's. It deserves to be had. It
3: deserves to be had.
2: <sighs> so, I mentioned I have like my top three favorite movies. One, Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. Yeah, duh. Bruce Leroy. Come on. Okay. Can't fight it. Also, Mo Better Blues. The. Overall, the overarching narrative, as I mentioned before, of Moberta Blues is this very suave, debonair man, in this particular case, played by Denzel Washington. Yeah,
3: believable.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, Denzel Washington is a man. Let's be real. Yeah. He, he's always been a man. Jazz trumpet player Denzel Washington, <sighs> basically having his way with anybody who he wants.
3: Because, like, he should be able to.
2: He is trying to, like, find his way between these two different women, and he basically is a dog. I mean, they call him a dog. They, they go back and forth and say, you're a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> Bleak, you're a dog. He reforms himself and ultimately, you know, becomes a one-woman man. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, with Boomerang, you have this man. Who was very intelligent, very, you know, handsome in his career. I mean, Eddie Murphy's a handsome guy. Back then, he was a handsome guy.
3: He was the man. Give him some
2: credit. He was showing the... He didn't really even have no taco, taco meat, which no, is a sad didn't. thing. He had a bare-ass chest underneath he had that had blazer. a bare,
3: flat chest and had the nerve to have that shit out all the time. All the he time. he had been in the gym. Yeah. He thought he was Billy Blanks. <laughs>
2: he did. I miss Billy Blanks. Oh, God. But anyway, so same thing. You know, this guy who was like, you know, got was cool. And, you know, professionally on it, had his way with women, and then eventually got his shit right and became a one-woman man. Sadly, I thought that was what was supposed to happen.
3: <sighs>
2: he shows the way that this is like, if you act like this, eventually you'll have a time to get your life right. Hopefully you avoid, you know, the the ridiculous, like, ridiculousness that they both went through. Yeah. I mean, I feel like both of them had...
3: Too much wild shit going
2: yeah, on. Yeah, too much wild shit going But then you, you know, you grow and you learn. And you know you get it together, then you are able to find a mate. In this, in these two particular cases, they end up with the women who they've seriously and egregiously done wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know that's what's pumped into my you know it's early '90s brain. So break.
3: crazy because I am a 27 year old black woman. Like I said, it's 2015. Since I was about yay high, like because you have to think like what movie came out in, like 19 no, that was a '95, '96 waiting to exhale. exhale yeah, and like Stella getting her groove back so since I'm young I'm watching these movies and I don't even want to get into like some day of color purple or beloved <laughs> and how stressed that makes you as a little black girl but like you had this thought where you're just like I'm, I'm seven I'm like where are all the good men where are all the good men that's what's been pumped into my mind I could do something new so I could just go out and just find a white man because they're just walking around willing and like that's what you know these dating and all this kind of this weird propaganda would have you think that like white men and black women aren't people they just got to find each other because yeah. we're all just out here yeah. in the wilderness together
2: by, by themselves by
3: themselves <laughs> trying to just trying to get chose or like you have to like go the Tyler Perry like Tyler oh, Perry hair. Yeah. and just get route. broke
2: all the way down right get then- broke all the
3: way down and then be like standing on the corner one day downtrodden waiting for the bus the bus doors swing open, I look up, and there's my man, right? So that's the yeah. Tyler Perry route. Or I'm getting mad. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no man. I'm upset about it. I got to subjugate myself. I am go- I got too much education. I shouldn't have gone to college. I should have gained weight. I should have got ass shots. I should have lost weight. I shouldn't have had kids. I should have kids so I can prove I'm a good mother. I got to date older. I got to get a younger man. But anyway you slice it, there's this idea of like scarcity. yeah, and it's mind-blowing to me that you were able to grow up with this idea of like, all right, so I'm young, start having sex, have sex with as many people as possible, go get it cracking. you know what I'm saying F- fuck up, stress all these women out, and then I- at some point my queen is gonna appear. And no matter what I do to her, she gotta accept me
2: That's I mean, it's really it's fucked up. It's kind of, not kind of, it's, it's fucked up. And the thing about it, it's <laughs> real fucked up. It's really, really fucked up.
3: I like, mean, neither one of those realities are true. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Mine mean, nor yours.
2: But the thing about it is, luckily, growth happens. Yeah. And we're, we're also coming into a world where doing ridiculous, as some would say, you know, to be look explicit with it, fuck shit. <laughs> is no yeah. longer we are
3: acceptable.
2: Yeah, exactly. And fuck, so, so we're fine. <laughs> but yeah, you can't do this shit no more. You can't. You can't do this shit no more. And I'm, I'm really glad for that. And I'm glad a lot, of, a lot more men are, you know, not as accepting of that type of behavior. And we're a lot more willing to, like I've seen, I personally seen behind the scenes, absent of women, a lot more men. Taking the Gerard route and being like, "Yo, you need to chill. Like, (laughs) you're you're fucking up, and you're not Marcus. (laughs) Like,
3: it it ain't cute to be Marcus and broke.
2: It's not. Is not. Like, but yeah. So, I mean, I think I think things are changing. Like I said, people, you know, feminism is becoming a thing. Like, like growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, I, I, I hadn't heard the word feminism until maybe I got to Howard. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, you know, understanding the man's place and what he's done Mm -hmm. and why you gotta live your life right it helps i'm just thankful that i can look back (laughs) on boomerang and not be like yo why haven't i watched this shit before (laughs) like yo
3: i need to be using this
2: shit right now like
3: some dudes out there i think who like i feel like i've been on some dates in the past like couple years year and a half where definitely i got the impression thinking back on it like he was probably watching boomerang shortly (laughs) before he left the house
2: or Mo Better Blues, or, like, I mean, there are a whole bunch of them. Like, yeah, because
3: actually, Bill Bellamy's How to Be a Player is so... How to so, Be a so, But Bill Bellamy's How to Be a Player is so... Over the top. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, it's so ridiculous, you can't take it. Like, I, lo- I was allowed to watch that movie when I was a kid, because it's That's that ridiculous.
2: I, like, my mom wouldn't let me watch it. And, my, and like, I got away with watching a lot of shit, mm-hmm. but... You know, I
3: didn't really get away with watching watching a lot of shit.
2: I mean, mostly it was just because I got to just watch TV, Oh, yeah. You know, Blanket. But I remember that movie coming out and like somebody... I don't know if it was my mom
3: or my sister or somebody being like, nope. Mm-mm. See, because you were a little boy. I saw it on like Comedy Central. It was mm-hmm. on all the time on Comedy Central. It was edited by the time. Yeah, it point. Was, I mean, it was edited by the time I saw it. My father used to... He's going to hate me for saying this. He sometimes quotes Pierre from that movie when he's like, you know, Pierre said, light-skinned brothers is coming back in style. And I'm like, this Anyway, so... I mean, I think
2: this is this has been fun we this has some, been we
3: talked really about fun. some real shit so people sleep on boomerang they do see I think honestly, if you haven't seen it, please watch it
2: it's it's, it's worth it's worth a watch if nothing else, just to see well I don't, I don't want to say what could have been because like what I mean,
3: was the 90s was a really yeah. special time. This is a movie that only could have been done in the 90s.
2: And also one last thing yeah, this whole movie was a sexual harassment lawsuit waiting to happen. Can I just throw that out there? <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> like I don't understand the co- whole company would have went bankrupt
3: done done all they needed was like one silkwood they just needed one whistleblower that shit would have gone down
2: and actually la- okay this is for real my last best line of the movie what best line of the movie my new daily affirmation what is from Chris Rock at the end when Marcus is walking into the company he goes he Chris Rock or Boney T and he says yo Marcus why are you looking so down wait
3: we have, go ahead
2: you think Malcolm X died so you can Malcolm walk around looking, around looking like, like a chump?
3: chump? I wrote down the same line. Oh, my God. I was like, this is the best. And actually, you know what? That's the, you want to know the thing. Theme- well, first of all, actually, theme number zero of Black History Month 2015 is shout out to my real Africans out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, March so that's theme lunch. number zero. Theme number one is Malcolm X did get shot for you to walk around looking yeah. like a chump.
2: That's the realest shit I heard in a long, long time.
3: That's true. If, you can, if Selma didn't motivate you,
2: that should that should watch Boomer. <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway, thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening. The answers like, are gonna strike us down. Yeah, today. I'm scared to walk out of this building. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> review, review, rate, rate, listen, share. We're on. Uh, we have a website now. Yes,
3: well, you can listen to the episodes on the website, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Okay. On Podbay. Podbay.
2: And actually, I think a couple others. I can't. I think remember. a couple
3: others. And if you're using those, maybe you live in the dark web. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we out here. We out here. You, if you, um, if you want to talk to us, we're on Twitter.
2: We're on Twitter. Like us on Facebook.
3: Like us on Facebook. We're on Facebook now. Uh, yeah. We're on Instagram. You can send us an email if you have something really long to say. And we're
2: actually, we're trying to get back to all the emails. I know it takes, it takes a while, so please, please do know we also have day jobs. Yeah, we
3: so, do the day jobs. This is not the only thing So we we're do.
2: fitting this in in all our extra time. So yeah. just please know we will get back to you. We sometime. will
3: get back to you. And also, um, oh, also, we, if you are too lazy to go look at any of those things, we have a newsletter. So you, if you go to our website, you can subscribe to a newsletter. You'll be able to get me and Eric's top five articles that we read for the week.
2: And we read a shit ton, sadly.
3: Yeah, we actually read a shit ton. We have no lie. Lives. You can get the week's newest episode, and then also with a little bit of a description, and usually something fun. Last week, we actually sent out a Migos quiz. I uh, got Quavo. I'm Takeoff, which makes me your uncle.
2: You've reminded me of that fact. A lot.
3: I know. It's like the truth. Yeah, the truth-telling.
2: Okay. Well, thanks.
3: Thank you. So yeah, hit us up. It's been fun. It's been fun.